Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each week we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, what do I do with the part that's mine? Karen, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think it refers to where I, where our culture, I think, brings us when we enter a collaborative space and we bring a piece of ourselves. We bring some work that we've done. We bring ideas that we've done. We bring, we bring you know, a vision or a plan or a mission, but we bring this piece that's ours because we've done it and it belongs to us or ours because we hold it deeply in our heart or there's lots of ways that, they're, that it's mine but I arrive with this piece that's mine into a project that I want to be collaborative, that is a team project, that, that that's where I'm going with it. And so I thought it was worth perhaps exploring today, what do we do with the part that's mine when I enter into a thing that's ours? Yeah, yeah, the, the mine and ours, uh, and, and also part of that, the yours, Right. It's like, mm -hmm. how do we relate to those things? Because when we come into collaboration, you know, usually it's because we're intending that it be ours, but not always and not all of it. Uh, and negotiating what that means, um, we often don't have good language around that or we don't have good habits around uh, being able to really talk through what it is we intend with this. And it's very natural that we become yeah, really attached to things that we have put energy into or that we care deeply about. Um, we, we see this a lot with anytime someone uh, founds or creates something, right? So like I, I work a lot with folks in startups and you have the early, you know, either the founders or the people who are early employees who care very, very deeply about the way things should be done and, and, and is it going to succeed and is it going to fail and all of these various different things. Um, and they sometimes have difficulty collaborating around those things and taking those things that were theirs and making them belong to the group. Um, and that gets in the way uh, of, of sometimes of their goals, of the things that they want. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned not having the language for it. Um, I think it's worse than that. We don't even have the internal understanding, mm. um, which goes with that. But I think we often fail to ask the question, is this something that I want to keep being mine? Is this something that I want to belong to the group? And, and I think when it, it, in that founder's case, it's maybe easy to describe or, or to point out that is this my identity that I'm holding as my identity? Or is this a group identity mm -hmm. that I want the group to hold and or, or group work or group whatever. And I think that the first step really is to kind of sort through that. And most of the time, that is not work that somebody can do alone. I think it's no. actually really tough to sit in a room by yourself and think about, well, is this mine or is this ours or where do I want it to be? And so in the end, although it is sort of deep personal work and often a founder or someone has enough power in an organization that in the end, it will be what they want. That is the thing that happens, but that what actually needs to happen to get there is for the group to engage 
in a fairly deep, fairly vulnerable conversation about what are the things and, and who do they belong to? Is it mine? Is it yours? Is it ours? Right. And the, you know, it's not monolithic, right? There are often like, I am willing to bring these things and have other people take them, right? I, I want other people to, sometimes it's not even, I don't want this to be ours. I want this to be yours, right? <laughs> please, <laughs> please go, someone deal with this, right? But it's like, okay, I'm willing to own that together, we're going to figure out what does the sales process look like? Or we're going to figure out together, we're going to own collectively how we're going to do development. Or we're going to own collectively how we're going to develop systems for this, that, and the other. And I want, a P, I want to be part of that, right? But also, I may really want to hold tightly to the vision. Right or to the 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 standards for for particular levels of quality because I because maybe I recognize I can't right now let that be an hour thing I maybe maybe someday right but for now maybe it's just best you know that I hold that and the clearer I am about that the less I'm going to send weird mixed signals to other people and I think one of the things that gets revealed in this kind of process is are the people that we have together the right people? Um, because if in fact the vision is not on the table to be shifted, then we really only want people in the room who are on board with that vision. Right. And, and I think sometimes we get into such a collaborative mindset that we say, well, everybody has to have a, a input or a say or a voice in this. And sometimes everybody doesn't include, like you gotta be clear about who everybody is. Mm -hmm. And and what really is on the table and what really isn't, um, and then once you've done that, then then the trust thing shows up, and the things that you've said are ours. Um, that means really letting go. So what happens when you thought you wanted it to be ours and you discover that that actually it's still mine? <laughs> mm. Well, so so the question is, do you discover that it? is still yours or do you discover that you want it to still be yours? I've seen both. <laughs> yes. Um, so if it is still yours, but you want it to be ours, then I think you got to get really willing to have that conversation with the group. Like there's a lot of like, why mm -hmm. is it still mine? And I, mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that can be going on there is that others are afraid, right? So others are in the place of, but it's yours. I'm not taking it, it's yours. And so it, 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 it might be that I'm holding it too tightly. It might be that others don't feel authorized to take it. Mm -hmm. and, and I sat with a group at one point with a founder and the rest of the team and said, so the thing that has to happen here is that you, the founder, mm -hmm. have built this thing that it's practically a child. Like this thing is absolutely precious and dear to you. And in order for it to become the thing that you actually want it to be, you have to take pieces of that and hand it to all of them, knowing that some of them are going to get dropped, broken, or otherwise damaged. Mm -hmm. Not might, but will. will. And that's going to be horrible. And then I look at the rest of the group and say, and he really wants to do that. Like I've talked to him, I know. He really, really wants to do that. And it's going to be hard. So what he needs is for you to go take it. He needs you to go grab those things and wrench them away from him and go handle them and be willing to just stand up and step into that role and being able to just as an outsider say those two pieces to each other created permission for both 
to to sort of say on the one hand, I'm only I know I'm holding on too tightly. I want to let go, but I but I, yeah. And then the other side to be saying, I know I understand that you want to hold it, but you need to give it to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of the work that I do uh, in my executive coaching work, working with leaders, right, who they have this thing that they keep saying they want to give up, and then they discover that they are sending. They have these behaviors that anytime somebody tries to take the thing they pull it right back and they don't see it, right? They don't recognize it. And everyone on their team can tell you exactly what they do, where they, right? And they're, they're, but, and then they're of course saying, well, nobody on my team wants to take this. Like they're not stepping up, they're not showing initiative. And it's like, well, when they do, what does that look like? Getting into the behavioral pieces around that can be really eye-opening. Uh, and and so it's one of the real advantages to working, you know, with a coach. Sometimes if you're actually, like you were talking about being able to coach live in the room, Mm-hmm. Where it's like when this person starts to do this thing and they try to give it away and they're still holding it tightly, being able to see it and go, that thing we talked about, you're doing it again. Oh, you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we often don't recognize how we are continuing to hold tightly to things that we are trying to give away. Um, and it's not until we can recognize those and and slowly shift those behaviors and be able to tell the people on our teams, right? So when, the, when I do this thing, remind me of this conversation or when this thing happens again, help me because yeah. it's hard for me, right? I'm having to learn a new behavior as I'm doing yeah. this and I need you to help me do that. And I promise you will not get in trouble if you do that because right? yeah. there's often coaching. a power dynamic in, 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 at play here. Yeah. Yeah. And having code words for that makes a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to not drop the other piece, which was yeah. that I... It, I tried to give it to the group or, or the group tried to take it, but actually what I'm realizing is I want it. Yeah. I want to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then you've got some discernment to do about if I hold it, can I still have the rest of what I want? Can I hold mm-hmm. it and have the project still be ours? Cause sometimes you mm-hmm. can, yeah. sometimes there's a piece that you can say, yep, you know, folks, this piece, I just don't really want to hold on to. And you can even get consent around that. I mean, it can even yeah. be a collaborative choice that, a person gets a piece. It doesn't even have to be a piece that was always theirs. It can be a decision of the group, or it can be like in the case of a founder who has disproportionate power in the group where they claim it. But if you get to that point, um, be very aware of the synergies between having, like what's happening in the dynamic between having a piece that I hold tightly and other pieces that are ours and is that getting into a tangle? Is the piece that I'm holding, in fact, having a domino effect so that I end up holding all of it and the others are not? Or is there resentment in the rest of the group in some way? Is this a power over kind of dynamic that's interrupting mm-hmm. the collaborative space that we want? And if it turns out that none of that's true, then you probably can continue to hold it and be super transparent about it. Do not pretend that it's shared. Yeah. Like, do not pretend that other people can have influence on it. You just have to get like, yeah, gotta own that. This one I'm just holding on to. And you, yeah, you aren't going to get a voice in that because yeah. this one I'm holding. And, and I think if you can do that, that's the deal if you work here is I'm holding this one. And, and if that's interfering with your work in some other way, tell me about that. But otherwise, this is just mine. Um, and I think most of the time that will work. Yeah. 
when you are clear about what kind of the non-negotiables are, what the rules of the game are, then people can decide whether or not they want to play, right? People can opt in or out to that. Uh, it's a thing that I see a lot with with groups, right? Where, because I've been involved with, and now I'm being involved with this, the founding of a bunch of different uh, uh, communities of practice and, and community groups and things like that, where it feels like everything is up for grabs and up for negotiation at the beginning. Um, and sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not. But the clearer you are about what is not, the more people have the opportunity to say, oh, yeah, no, I, I want in on that. Or no, I really want out. Like purpose is a big thing about that for me, where it's like, I want to be super clear. This is the purpose of the group. It exists to do this thing. This is how we will know that it is achieving that. And and that and how we go about doing it, I'm totally open to. But what I want is for people to say, yes, I want to be part of a group that has that as its purpose or not. Like that is the part that I, it's, it's the, those are the, the, those are the rules of engagement here. So the more clear you are about what are the things that are held tightly, you know, that are, that are yours, right, that you're holding on to, um, the more it puts people at choice about, uh, about that. When it's muddy, it gets problematic. Yeah, and I think just to take that one step further, when it's muddy early on, which it almost always is, by the way, because we just want mm -hmm. people to join us and we want people to get involved, so we leave it muddy. <laughs> yep. Um, one of the things that happens is that will sort itself out. At some point, usually, the mission will get really clear that there is a difference of opinion about what it is we're actually trying to do here. And when that happens, um, it may be the founder who is no longer aligned with the mission of the group. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing to do at that point is not to try to force a group that's not aligned to sort of come to alignment. The thing is to look around and go, okay, where is there a group and a mission that match? And let that move forward with success. And maybe that just means I'm not in this group anymore, which by the way, I've done that in a group I founded, just for the record, I know what that feels like and it's hard, but that group is going on to finish the thing that they wanted to do together and it's a great thing, it's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. So yay them. And I'm free to go with the lessons that I learned from all of that and start for the thing I wanna do um, or maybe there would be a case where there were two or three other people aligned with the mission that I had in mind and it, and you become two groups and you figure out how to divide up the resources so that two groups can happen. Um, but as painful as that splitting or, or some people call it birthing can be, mm -hmm. it's really essential. So, so what you said, which is be clear about mission, gather the people who are absolutely aligned with mission, don't try to pull people in who aren't. And then when you don't do that, as almost all of us don't do that well, and you get to the point where you're like, Ugh, we're all invested in this thing, except we're all invested in different things. Um, there's something really beautiful about saying, okay, what's the thing that can happen out of the resources here? And those that aren't part of that need to get out of the way and let it. And to briefly echo something you said earlier, a key to this is really understanding yourself a lot. Like I... Um, had the situation where uh, most of the things that I do right is because I've done them wrong uh, previously. Um, so that whole thing about purpose, I've learned that from getting my things wrong. But one of the things that uh, I did a number of years ago with a colleague of mine is we realized we wanted to start a particular local community of practice. And we recognized we were both really good starters. We were not 
carry th follow through maintainers. So when we we literally came up with the mission state, the idea for and the mission statement for this group while we were on a walk, came back in, wrote the mission statement out, and started the group. And it began with our desire for us to have a self-sustaining community. Because we recognized we were not going to be the people who could continue to carry it on. So we needed from the get-go to start to build that. Um, and, and what's great is that group still exists. Neither of us are involved in running it anymore. We have not been involved with, with it for a number of years. I've come back to it a couple of times. And it's great. It's fun because they're like, oh, and Paul's here. He's one of the people who founded this group, right? And, and I get to have that and to see that it has carried on has been wonderful. But that only happened because we knew those things about ourselves, that we were not going to be the people who six years down the line could still be running it. And in fact, it's extremely rare for a person who can start a group to be the same person who can run it. Yeah. But that's probably a topic for another day. Almost certainly. Well, with that. So I, I think, think that's going to do it for this time. Until next time, I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. And this has been Employing Differences. Mm -hmm.